morning, everyone. Good morning. It is a new day, new week. I am excited to uh, be here once again live with Coffee and Collaborations, the Ultimate Fan Podcast. I am your host, Kimberly Winborn of Kimberly Winborn LLC. Um, I'm like I said, excited to be here. I have an amazing guest who I'm going to bring on shortly. Let me share a little bit about him. And while you're coming in, let us know how you're doing this morning. That would be absolutely awesome. Uh, I want to see how you're doing this Monday morning. We just came off of the Juneteenth uh, first official holiday weekend. I know a lot of people were out celebrating and doing things with family and friends, lots of community events. Um, and we also today get to celebrate our guest's birthday. So when he comes on, everybody who's on, let's say a happy birthday in the comments, and we'll do that throughout the show. All right. So Jason has worked in health and human services field for more than 15 years in child welfare, behavioral health, domestic violence, and homeless services. So you guys already know I love him because of the fact that we align in that service area. Um, we plan to do some things together. We'll talk about that. Well, I've been trying, but COVID kind of wiped out a whole bunch of stuff for everybody. And so uh, we'll get back to some of the things that he does because he's a credential as a certified family-centered trauma coach. And we're going to talk a bit about some exciting news that he can share with us, something that just happened recently. If you followed uh, the post sharing and the 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 post, uh, the YouTube and all of that sharing exactly what we were going to be talking about, you know for sure that he is a new movie director, producer. It was exciting to attend. Um, he's qualified professional motivational life coach as well, individual and family, and a certified family wellness instructor. He is an author and currently holds a Bachelor of Science degree in sociology and Master of Science degree in counseling. So I wanted to get him on in May, but June, we still got work to do, right? Mental health and all of that is significant all the time. So I wanna bring on Jason now. Good morning. Good, morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so you in your own words. So first of all, happy birthday. Happy Thank birthday you. to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy. Let me stop. <laughs> let me find out you can sing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I play around. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yes, so happy birthday. This is the big one, right? Yes, 40. Wow. And um, 40, and I was able to be here in my hometown, South Carolina, and brought it in with uh, with my parents. So that to me, that was the best um to be able to celebrate with my parents this morning. Absolutely. I love that. Um, South Carolina. So yeah, share. Tell us a little bit about you know your your upbringing, where you're from, and all of that good stuff. Got you, got South it. Carolina. Okay. So I was, <laughs> so I was born in a big big city of Sumter, South Carolina, but in, in a little small area in a little small area of Sumter. Um, grew up with um, it, it's seven siblings, but it's actually um, my mom and dad only had um, had three kids, but they. Um, raise my uh, first cousins and so you know and you know how we are in our family those are your siblings and so yeah, grew up yeah. in a really big family i'm the baby um i am spoiled um i, I finally accepted that um <laughs> education was really really important in my family um my, my dad would my dad worked at a plant and he would always tell us that he does not want us to work at a plant but he want us to own the plant and so he always instilled that yeah. Inside of all us and everyone that was raised in a household all have um, bachelor's degree, college degrees or higher, what have you. And so but the upbringing was um, education, hard work, um, discipline. But yet we were also able to be kids and really enjoy life. That's good. And yeah. So um, just a really great childhood. That's the only way I can describe it. Yeah, I love that. You know, um, we were joking before the show about being in the country and, you know, all that right. stuff. But it is something to those experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it makes for a, a great, well-rounded person, you know, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. of those experiences. And right. so I want to dive right into conversation with you. 
because I know that you are a wealth of knowledge and information and motivation, which this is Monday. So it's a great day to, <laughs> to get the seat with Jason T. Mahoney, motivational speaker, right? <laughs> but I want to share, I want to start off with, I mean, the most exciting thing I just experienced in your world, which I'll share pictures later. I wanted to wait till the show so that after the show, I can be like, bam, and share all of the pictures from the wow. premiere. Good wow. morning, uh, Cornelius. Good morning. Um, but this past Friday, you all, we were mm -hmm. over at Alamo Draft House Movie Theater in Raleigh, North Carolina. For those who are in Raleigh, you may be familiar with the New Bern Avenue area. So we were over there celebrating, I'm talking about red carpet and all, the premiere of this man's movie, which is based on a book. So can we, it's called Tried in the Fire. So share mm -hmm. with us a little bit about the book how you got to making that book into a movie. I'm going to have a few more questions along the way because I don't want to bombard you at once. But yeah, yeah please share. Gotcha. So Trot in the Fire um, is actually a, uh, a book that focuses on trauma and helping people to understand trauma. And the thing about the book is you you meet six people and you you meet you hear you read their trauma narrative. And then it's also filled with some poems or what have you. But it takes a young man on a journey um, towards just really going through his own fire and then working with these individuals to realize that, okay, I need to do what I need to do. And he uses poetry as a way to process the things that have been downloaded um, to him from um, the clients he's worked with. And so uh, I wrote the book um, for about maybe maybe five years ago or more. And oh, wow. so what happened was um, in the midst of COVID-19, I was on the mm -hmm. phone with, well, on FaceTime with one of my uh, good friends and she and I were just talking. We were on FaceTime Messenger and it was late at night and we were just talking and she's a professional actress and we were just talking. We were just cutting it up and we were, <laughs> but it was pretty much more so we, we had an intimate conversation about life. Mm -hmm. about how we're in a pandemic and people are dying and that you just have to make the decision to live and not yeah. worry about things. And she was like, you know what, well, we need to do something. You need to do something with, with one of your books or something. I was like, do what? I was like, okay. I was like, nobody's going to come. I was like, so then I was dialing myself, right? Like, yeah. nobody, who's going to come? Yeah. And, she, and she was like, listen, if you do this, I will support you in any way. I said, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So I prayed about it, thought about it. I was like, you know, I'm just going to turn it into a movie. And so I reached out to a couple of people um, and, and so kind of processed. And it was like, sure. And so um, it was interesting how the characters kind of came about. We connected or what have you. And that's kind of how the book came about. I got to give Harriet Burnett a shout out because it was it's, it's because of her um, planting that seed that um, you were able to see what you saw on Friday. And she was one of the actors in the yeah. in the movie. She yes. was the second to the last character, yeah. I think, right? She yeah. was Clarice Jones, the mother who was just burnt out and just and just tired about life. Yeah, and and one of the things that I love is that you covered uh, a story that so many people can relate mm -hmm. to um, mm -hmm. in one way or another. However, right. you also, for me, like I, you know, I think all of us have been around traumatic situations, heard horrible mm -hmm. stories, different things like that. But even to be enlightened, um, mm -hmm. so a couple of those stories were enlightening. Like I had never, mm -hmm. I had never processed trauma in that particular way. Wow. Um, wow. And so I thought that was really powerful. Like, you know, um, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I think it was the, the young guy who ended up being on drugs. Mm -hmm. um, I had mm -hmm. just never processed like the the transition. I think that's mm -hmm. what it was the e the elevation to go from right. here to here and really walk through the steps. You know, I, exactly. I really did love that. Yeah, yeah. it was eye opening. Now yeah. I was there. I want to tell you, I was there. I had posted in my stories. You mm. know, Marcel and I took a picture. Marcel is uh, he's been on the show. He's a uh, mm. uh, part of the music in the movie. You guys, so you got to make sure to check him out. But so and people started saying, where are you? Where are you? Mm -hmm. And wow. so how can people get a, a tour date or another date where there will be another movie premiere or movie playing? 
So, so what we're doing on um, the premiere in um, in Raleigh was the premiere, and so we're not gonna we're gonna do it again. We're not gonna do it to that extent. Okay. Um, but what we're gonna do, um, we're gonna do what I call a controlled release because okay. the content and the content is so heavy that we want to always make sure that when we are watching it, that you have the opportunity to have commentary, resources, or what have you. Because it's not just a movie you want to get up in the morning and say, "I want to go watch this movie," because it's some really really heavy stuff. So yeah. we do have some tour dates coming um but the thing is um we want to be intentional about releasing it and okay. we want to be intentional about people watching it because it, again it's not it's not a, it's not just a movie it's a, it's about healing it's about helping people see and yeah. understand their own trauma and so we're going to do it um i've been i've gotten a lot of requests to do it again in raleigh and then also we're going to do um, a release in South Carolina. And then we're also going to do um, a release um, in Atlanta, Georgia. And so those dates will be coming up. So be on the lookout for those. Um, but it's really going to, in each city and each area that we go to, it's going to give a different experience. But again, mm -hmm. it's, it's that control release so we can make sure that people have support while they're, they're watching the movie. Thanks, Cornelius. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to leave that up there. Yes, you all who are who anybody joins or catches the replay, it's Jason's 40th birthday. So first of all, thank you for spending the first part of your day with us um, and agreeing to that because a lot of people will be like, no, I'm sleeping in or what have you. And so Cornelius says it's all up here, all <laughs> uphill from here. Awesome. Absolutely. So we'll be looking forward to like, you know, the tour dates and any any other things that are going to happen because I'm going to be sharing it. It was such a great movie. It felt so like, you know, it was a premiere. Mm -hmm. You had the red carpet, the photographer out front, videographer going up and down. Uh, the location was magnificent. You know, the Alamo mm -hmm. is not some the hole in the wall. Right. Place. It was <laughs> it was really nice. And so kudos. Congratulations to you. Thank and you, you said that was based on a book of poetry. Well, well, it's actually um the, the book, the way it's written is uh -huh. you have a young man and he's working on his uh, clinical degree. Mm -hmm. And right. what happens is he meets six clients. You have to interview these six clients. And instead, and he had to do a case note for each client, but instead okay. of case notes, he actually did poetry. And the reason oh, he did poetry okay. was because okay. that kind of like relieved stress. So, you know, it, it, you know, most of you do your clinical case notes, you know, you're writing documentation about what's going on, those things. But instead, he'd use poetry to yeah. actually service his clinical notes. And then also in the book, it has resources as well. So you meet these people, yeah. you um, process some of your own trauma, you get some nice poetry, then you get resources and then you have opportunity to journal as well. Awesome. So where can we get the book? I want to um, make sure to put that in the comments. Okay. So where can we find this book? So the book is actually on Amazon. We have the Kindle version as well as the um, the traditional version. And also on Amazon.com. And you can just um, search for Jason T. Mahoney, uh, Tried in the Fire, or just Google um, Tried in the Fire um, in Amazon and it'll be able to pop up for you. It's a red and black cover. Awesome. So I'm putting that in the comments or in the banner so that people can see it and we'll, um, have that to share shortly. All right. So buy the book on amazon.com under Jason T Mahoney tried in the fire. It was absolutely amazing. Now I want to go into talking about trauma because mm -hmm. I know you're a trauma expert. I think people have an understanding of what that is, but can you share with us? Because I did see that it was defined in the movie as mm -hmm. well. Um, can you share with us what is trauma and the gotcha. different, there are different levels to trauma, mm -hmm. different types of trauma that mm -hmm. was so eye opening for me at the movie premiere. So being an expert, please help us there. Absolutely. And, and I'll keep it really, really, um, really at that baseline. And, and trauma is really defined as, in, as a situation that can be deeply distressing, that could really impact a person's mental thinking, their physical body. So any experience that a person has endured that has that impact. And so there are different types of trauma. You have historical trauma, you have religious trauma, you have the generational trauma. And so there's so many different types. And what happens is you look at a, a natural disaster is, tr is traumatic, right? Um, mm -hmm. Um, someone being in a robbery is traumatic. Someone, um, uh, even to the extent, and this is kind of when I, I when I do a trauma 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 workshop, this is how I actually open it up to describe trauma. So I give somebody like a little nugget here, right? Okay. <laughs> so, so 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 Kim, do you eat fried chicken? I don't. 
Okay, have you eaten fried chicken before? I have. Have you cooked fried chicken before? I have. Okay, cool deal. Remember that very first time when you cooked fried chicken, well, when you fried the chicken, and when you dropped it in there, but you didn't drop it in right, what happened? It splashed up on me. It, exactly. It kind of popped you, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you kind of felt some pain. Mm -hmm. And so the next time when you went and fried chicken, what happened to you in your mind here? When you dropped the chicken this time, you may have dropped it and ran off. Ran off. Uh -huh. Or you may have gotten, you know, a long fork or something and dropped it, dropped it there because you didn't want that feeling of mm -hmm. the grease to pop back on you. And so that's really what trauma is. You know, it's that experience, you know, frying chicken, the grease pops on you that it hurt, it burns. So that, that was a traumatic situation for me. So then now when I place in that situation again, I'll be able to respond. But the difference is you have the tools and techniques. Frying chicken is a little simple thing, but you have the tools and techniques to say, okay, I'm placing the situation again. This is how I'm going to respond. But there are some situations yeah. where people are placed in that is so traumatic that they're not able to process. But frying chicken, I'm able to process, come back, drop a little bit different. And so let's say if someone is in a, um, a chronic domestic violence relationship and it's ongoing abuse and ongoing abuse or what have you. And when that person finally gets out of their relationship, they still have all that baggage and everything that when they try to get with somebody else and they haven't healed that, healed that trauma, dealt with that trauma, they're going to mm -hmm. come into that new relationship with all that baggage and stuff. And yeah. then a person may be treating them so right. But one thing, if that person does one similarity like the last person and that person is not intentionally doing it, that would re-traumatize or, or trigger some things because it was unaddressed from the start. So, so yeah. trauma is really so impactful. And a lot of people have challenges with trauma because they'll say, well, you know what? We've always been through those things. Well, you know what? Let's put a name to it and let's yeah. address it. Yeah. You know, and, and it is, I'm glad you said that it's like a desensitized sort of mm -hmm. response. Like, so mm -hmm. if somebody, I think about somebody who lost a child, for instance, mm -hmm. And so, and people are expecting some sort of a healing situation. Like, oh, you're still, you still sad. You still this, you still that. And they mm -hmm. have an expectation of mm -hmm. others because we are a little bit desensitized because mm -hmm. it's like so many things happen in our lives. Can you get, can you just get over that and move on? Um, and I wonder, and I, I guess this is a question for you. Do people really know how to deal with trauma or with <laughs> other people's trauma? So I, I, I think it's really important for individuals to get connected to professional help, um, mm -hmm. get connected to a therapist, get connected to a counselor, a psychiatrist or what have you to help you process that. And if I, and I always tell people, your friends are not your counselors, right? Your, your friends are your friends and you should not put that weight on your friends. Um, to do that. But I will say if your friend comes to you with a situation Work, work with your friend, help your friend to get connected to services. Don't just say, I'm not your counselor. I can't help you. No, work with that for your friend through that situation because they trusted you enough to come to tell you their story. And if you think about one of the characters in the movie, um, the young guy that, you know, he had this great life, but when he would try to talk to his friends, they would blow him off. And then next thing you know, you find he finds himself in a situation. And so that's the same thing. Your friends are not your counselors, but your friends can be a, a support system to help you get connected to what you need to get, to get connected to. So just get, I, I always tell people when you're dealing with some concerns or what have you, just go talk to a therapist. It's okay. It's natural. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because then that makes me think about mentorship. So friendship, mm -hmm. and let's go to the next level mentorship mm -hmm. and our mm -hmm. pastors or our coaches who are, mm -hmm. we're giving our all to, we're, so mm -hmm. we're spending time with them. Maybe we got a business or just whatever. We're sharing right. a lot with them, with our mentors and coaches. And then with our pastors, mm -hmm. we're praying, we're, you know, lead, having them to lead us as shepherds. Tell us the, the professional response to someone who says, well, I told my pastor, um, I told my mentor and coach when it comes to, you talked about seeking professional help, but when mm -hmm. it comes to trauma and needing to find that resource of an expert in that field, um, gotcha. can you share like, why would you not go to a pastor or a coach or mentor and go to a trauma specialist? Gotcha. So I'm going to try to answer that really, really short because you, you hit some pins that, uh, <laughs> maybe trigger some things off in here. Yeah. So a couple things. So a couple things. Number one is that if you're someone's friend, you should be open to um listening to that person, supporting that person, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And 
so a response if your friend is coming to you with, with some traumatic event and some heavy stuff, just listen and be quiet. Yeah. Be that soft place for them to land. Yeah. And then uh, work with them and encourage them to, you know, let's get let's get professional help. You know, I will go with you to your first appointment because your friend trusts you to tell you their story. So li listen and be quiet and listen non-judgmentally. Um, and, and really be that soft place because your friend is trusting you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the next level, when if you are a mentor, now, if you're a part of a professional mentor organization, let me put, because you have two types of mentors where mm -hmm. I can be someone's mentor and I'm not a part of a professional organization, but the same sense as that friend, create that soft place, allow the person to process and connect. Now, if you're a mentor and you're connected to a organization, I'm going to challenge that organization to become trauma-informed. I think that there should not be any organization in today's society that is in existence that is not trauma-informed because of everything that we have going on, the organization should be trauma-informed. So that mentor organization need to be trauma-informed because what will happen is they will be able to create that atmosphere where the person can come and be able to receive the mentorship plus those connections and resources. Now to the pastors and churches, your church needs to become trauma informed because what happens is you now come to the church and you're, you talk to your pastor, pastor, stay in your role as a pastor and get your, get that per, your parishioner connected to the services. I often say, you know, on Sunday mornings or what have you, we hoop, we holler, we speak in tongues, we run around church, we, we worship, we give our all. And then we have the benediction. After the benediction, you're going back home to that traumatic event. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for churches to become trauma informed so that they will be able to address and provide those resources and supports. Because guess what? Every person in the U.S. right now has been impacted by COVID-19. That has been traumatic. Okay, you know, the gas situation that's been traumatic. And, and yeah. imagine if you're driving down the road doing a gas situation and you just came out of the pandemic, you just lost someone or what yeah. have you, you, or you lost a job or whatever, and you're driving down the road and we're in the gas crises and you cannot find gas. So you're driving around in circles. That's traumatic for someone. <laughs> so it's like different different levels to a certain degree of like there there's all trauma can instantly happen from mm -hmm. several different scenarios mm -hmm. so, but then there are the the big I, I, I hate to say big and little but there right. are the the parameters to trauma um what i'm noticing is that through this pandemic i've been talking to a lot more people who have been diagnosed with um things that are as a result of trauma and i was speaking with someone about this so for instance um uh, add Mm -hmm. or um, just different different mental health issues or mm -hmm. mental uh, diagnoses as a result mm -hmm. of various traumas that I think were re-triggered mm -hmm. or triggered as a result of COVID. And mm -hmm. I don't know, the isolation, all the different things, even the fear that, you know, mm -hmm. we, we or losses and all of that. And so what is something that you have, good morning, Lisa, what is something that you have experienced um, through COVID uh, where you've had to pivot or some of the people that you've been working with in order to get through this new sort of a season, right. back right. to your point. Right, so so for me, I, I always tell people I'm, I'm an intra extra, I'm an introvert okay. and an extrovert, what have you. Yeah. And so, so for me, like I do love my alone time where I re-energize and those type of things, but then I also love the social aspect of life, right? Yeah. So I love the social aspect of life of going out, meeting people, just having mm -hmm. a good time and socializing with people, right? But then I do like my alone time. And yeah. I think for me, um, being locked in the house or what have you and, and focusing on things, I was okay with that because it allowed some things to you know grow and all that. So I was okay with that. But I did miss the social aspect of going to an event, going to a concert, those type of things. So I, so I missed that. So it, what I was able to do is I had to literally take a step back, process, regroup and say, okay, here's how we're going to attack this situation. Mm -hmm. and, and that takes me to that next thing when you talked about the dip, um, individuals may have other diagnoses and those kind of things. Yeah. It is so important to understand that 
everyone processes trauma differently. And so when you talk about big trauma, little trauma, mm-hmm. I always say it's just trauma, but everybody processes it different based on who they are. Yeah. And so you have some people who are able to, uh, who are very resilient. They've mm-hmm. been through a situation, they process and they bounce back just like that. But then you have someone who may have um, maybe some underlying and other concerns. Um, it may be physical, mental, what, or even family history things. And they go through a traumatic event and they automatically go down and it takes a long time for them to come up yeah. because of some underlying conditions. And if you all think about it as a health condition, when a per- prime example, COVID-19 hit. They said individuals with an underlying health condition are at greater risk, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One concept. People that experience trauma and have underlying other conditions are at greater risk to um, have challenges in being resilient to bounce back. So, yeah, so we can really good. start using norm. We can start normalizing trauma, just how we normalize a person has a medical condition and say this is a this it's normal. Now let's deal with it. But unfortunately, we think that. I went through a hurricane. I went through a tornado. I went through all of this. All right. So now, now, now you still living. So get up and move. No, that person needs to process that situation they went through. Yeah, that's good. Uh, a couple of happy birthdays. Thank Andrea, you, Thanks, Andrea. Andrea. Okay, <laughs> McCullough, and then Haywood. Happy birthday, Jason. Thank but you. What, what you just said, and I think I think that's what we naturally do as far as compartmentalize. So we we mm-hmm. and we and we tend to kind of. And I know I do it. I think everybody does it. We tend to kind of like weigh in like, okay, this Mm. is over here and this is here. And I I like how you say, okay, it's all trauma. It's just sometimes it's underlining and other things trigger the the output or the responses Mm -hmm. or what have you. And I think, you know, when it comes to, let me talk about relationships for just a second and walking into new relationships. So Lisa says, learning how to leverage both, be willing to mm-hmm. understand and deal and not afraid to seek help. And then she mm-hmm. was agreeing with you. Um, but one of the things that in relationships I think happens is, um, well, I wanna ask you about, instead of sharing my opinions, but anyway, is that we do have different underlying, addition, uh, underlying con- uh, conditions. Mm-hmm. So if you've been popped by the grease, do you mm-hmm. want to be popped again? And I and mm-hmm. I wonder today if so many people are deciding, especially women, to be alone. Like, oh, I'm independent. I don't want a man, blah, 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 because they truly feel that way or because the grease was too hot. Like the grease burned them too deeply. Not just women, men too. But <laughs> you laughing. Let's speak to that for a minute, Mr. I, I'm laughing because um that, that's one of those questions and it's one of those things where who okay so let, let me kind of peel back that and, and so I won't sound opinionated okay? okay so let me let me really peel that back okay so people people um have been in relationships and they were unhealthy right uh-huh. and so depending on um, what has happened in that relationship. And then let's say that person leaves the relationship. They go to the therapy and they, they get it back. They get their mojo back. Right. So they're good. And then now they go back into the relationship and then bam, what else happens again? They continue to find themselves in this cycle. Right. And there's so there's so everyone has an opinion about that that these type of scenarios right and so what now happens is some people say well you just need to get and again everybody wants to start giving their opinions on what the person's making decision but um it is so important that individuals understand that what they went through with that person may have been a traumatic event Mm-hmm. And when you want to enter into something else, make sure and be able to deal, comprehend what what happened in that previous relationship so that when you go into that new relationship, then you say, OK, here are my expectations. Let's lay them out because I'm not going to deal with what I dealt with before. Right. right. So just like prime the chicken. The first time I got burnt by that grease real bad. Yeah, but I love fried chicken. I do. I'm a huge fan of fried chicken. Everybody knows me. No, I love fried chicken. But, <laughs> but when I cook the chicken this time, I'm going hey. to I'm going to fry the chicken a little bit differently. 
a little bit more careful and i have some expectations now about this chicken and then even with expectations i say you know what let me turn this temperature down just a little bit because i need to be careful and what happens is your relationship is impacted by trauma and not even just talk about like you know dating relationship but even friendships co-worker yeah. all those relationships mm -hmm. your family is impacted by some traumatic events so you have to know that when i come back and I'm about to step into something else. I'm coming into it with a different mindset. That's where you dealt with the trauma. But again, Kim, unfortunately, we don't see things as trauma. And then we feel, oh, I can bounce back. Like you say, oh, I'm independent. I'm this, I'm that. But out of outside of all that stuff, relationships, accept the fact that we went through a traumatic event. Let's process it, let's engage in services, and let's try to heal from it. And when you talk about relationships and family, I do want to always throw this in. Everybody has that cousin that goes from zero to 100, right? Think about yeah. it. Do you have a cousin that, you know, they at the cookout, they having a good time, everybody having a good time. And next thing you know, bam, yes. you know, you're from 100, right? Immediately came to Immediately, mind. Right? Changed the whole cookout <laughs> atmosphere. Yes. And, so, and so what happens is I tell people all the time, what's, don't ask that person what's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Ask what happened to them. Because something happened. Or something's going on where a person goes from zero to 100 just like that. And mm -hmm. so that's what it talks about affecting your relationship. So when, when you get into relationships and friendships with people and they're doing some behaviors, they're not mm -hmm. doing the behaviors just because, you know, uh, of how they're feeling towards you. It's something right. going on with that person on the inside. I tell people when you treat some, when you treat people a certain kind of way, what's going on with you? And yeah. I tell the other people, do not own the way they're responding because that's their behavior. And right. then you have to be able to let that go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that because oh, happy birthday, Jason from Carrie Lynn Miles. Thank you, Carrie. I love, love that you said that because we can't control anybody else but ourselves. And mm -hmm. one of the things is funny because I'm not a reactive person personally. Mm -hmm. Um I tend to process, right? I, mm -hmm. I'm I'm one of I'm I'm a person that I, I think about okay how is this going to be later if I don't process this now? You know, like how is it going to hit me in the, I'd rather not have to go back and apologize too much. Right. Mm -hmm. and so, mm -hmm. but for some people, because, and this is how trauma is normalized and, and anger and responses are normalized. I think like if you don't respond, people don't think you care. So if mm -hmm. I don't blow up, because we've been so used to people mm -hmm. blowing up and all of that reacting, but I don't, I've always been this way, very just laid back. And people have been upset with me and said that I'm nonchalant because mm -hmm. I don't care rather because I don't mm -hmm. respond. But all I know to do is uh, handle Kimberly. Like I can't mm -hmm. handle anybody else. So I mm -hmm. love that you said that. Now we just all have to do our inside work. Now you talked about the person at the family reunion or at the family <laughs> gatherings. Everybody's having a great time and then that mm -hmm. person just blows up. And I was just thinking about processes and mental health because let's backtrack just a little bit when we were talking about relationships and mm -hmm. everything is a process, right? So even when you learned about the chicken grease, or even when you experienced the chicken grease the first time and then the next time mm -hmm. you did it a little bit different and so forth and so on, I believe that's such a, a powerful example that chicken grease, Jason, because it's a process to mm -hmm. once you learn what you need to do different. Maybe the first time you didn't Pat out, pat down the, the chicken enough, and it was a little mm -hmm. bit of excessive water, or you know, all the different things. Maybe the flour, maybe the grease was not uh, was too hot, or mm -hmm. you know, all the different things that we've learned um, about. Maybe we put too much in there, or you know, mm -hmm. got a little had a little water on our hands. Just different mm -hmm. things um, that we've learned. And so, let's speak to the process of not just trauma overall, but just mental health in mm -hmm. general like let can we speak right. to the process a little bit yeah, absolutely and, and i think with mental health um unfortunately we still are in a society whereas we don't address mental health or or follow with it and so mm -hmm. i think so you know we often say your physical health physical health physical health and we've been talking yeah. so long about physical health that you know and, and it took and again it takes a while it's a pendulum it takes a while for us to start addressing some physical health stuff right yeah. so now mental health shows up on the scene 
And then now you have so many different things. You'll say, okay, the person is, um, I don't like, I'm going to say this, but I don't like to use this word. I don't like to use the word crazy because we need to get that out of our vocabulary. I'm a faith-based person. And when God created all of us, he didn't create us with dysfunctions. Okay. He created us in his image. All of us, everybody, everybody. (laughs) And so he didn't create us crazy. Right. So remove that word of our our vocabulary. But again, you know, um, mental health, it it needs to be again up there with our physical health as well. Just like how we tell people, go to your annual physical, go do an annual mental health checkup, you know, begin to make mental health as a living and breathing part. And, and again, if you if, if you don't want to talk to a therapist or what have you, but at least talk to a counselor, go to resource fair, but get something to, to address your mental health because if you don't address your mental health, your physical health is going to be messed up. Mm-hmm. If you don't address your physical health, your mental health is going to be messed up because we are in this whole body is all connected, right? <laughs> and, and so if you yeah. think about it like a car, your mental health and your who you are is like a car, right? So up here is your brain. This is your your mental mm-hmm. everything that kind of controls everything. And so that's that's the engine in your car. Without yeah. the engine, your your without the engine, your car is not going to run. It's just going to be there. It's going to be nice and pretty, but it's not going to be there. Same thing. You don't address our mental health. It may be you know physical may be looking good, all those things. But then if this is not addressed. We got some issues. So again, physical health and mental health, they walk hand in hand. And until we all begin to make it normal for us to talk about mental health and and, and stop using the ignorant words of crazy and fool. And, and I don't know what's wrong with her. I don't know. What's, take that out of your vocabulary. We need to switch our vocabulary to actually being more positive self-talk, more encouraging, yeah. more uplifting, because people are going through things every single day. The suicide rate is at an all-time high, especially among black men. And so yeah. we need to address these things. But I'm going to say this, Kim, until we as a society create the atmosphere for this to happen, it's going to be a wow, right? But mm-hmm. if you remove just the word holistic society and use yourself as an individual, what can you do? To yeah. us ensure that the mental health and physical health and all that for other humans is improving. So, for example, if you are a member of a mentor organization, if you're a member of a local church or what have you, stand, be that one that is willing to stand up to make a change and see, I, I'm okay with being a radical. You know, I'm, I, I'm okay with, you know, walking to my pastor or walking to an organization that I'm a part of and say, okay, listen. COVID-19 is here. People already had a lot of stress in the situation. What are we going to do to address these people to address mental health? Because people are coming here broken and and, and they're leaving broken. We, we give them five yeah. minutes of fame, five minutes of happiness, but they go back to that brokenness. We need, yeah. to, we need to be a change agent. Be a change agent wherever you stand. And I challenge people to do that. Be a change agent. And don't worry about people saying you're doing too much. Don't you, you're not you, you're you're not doing too much until you go to the grave. Because that's what you're supposed to be doing. You know, Harriet right. Tubman, um, people picking me all the time and say, Jason, you're doing this, you're doing that. I say, well, Walmart doesn't. You go to Walmart, you can get everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, everything. Harriet Tubman will help free the slaves. She worked with the Civil War. She was So she was all those things. Because, again, as humans, we have hands. Hands are for picking up things. You know, your feet are for walking. So it's like we're, we're a total person, and we should be the change agent in those situations. Yeah, I love that. Um, I believe that. And I believe that I always say like we're called to the one mm-hmm. because because when you think about how overwhelming it can feel to try to reach so many different people. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you just focus on one person at a time, um, mm-hmm. then the others follow, too. And but it's not as overwhelming, especially for that person that's really trying to figure out their footing, really trying to figure out how they can can help. And like you were saying, be sort of a voice or to help someone Mm -hmm. along. Just focus on the one. And then as Mm -hmm. a result of that, being amazing or great or what have you, serve it for the one. And then everything else will kind of fall in line and it makes it less intimidating. So Andrea, Andrea or Andrea? Andrea, you can that in so many ways. <laughs> All relationships are affected by trauma when you don't know 
and haven't gotten the help you need, something will be said or done in response to whatever triggers you. And that was in our, and when we were talking about relationships and, and trauma, mm -hmm. and then she also said mental health should be an annual preventative checkup, just as you go get a physical eye exam and dental. And you said that Jason, you guys are mm -hmm. definitely in synergy with one another. You know, I, I agree with that. It, and it's something that I think people run from, you know, it's all, it's an embarrassment for some reason. Mm -hmm. It has been, but I do love the fact that more people are beginning to mm -hmm. talk about things, especially men, and beginning mm -hmm. to be open to exploring that and realizing, okay, there is some sort of a, a need here that I need to feel. I don't know what it is. So let me go speak with someone right. to help me to feel that. Now you were talking about mindset a moment ago, and I want to talk about, because uh, you were talking about what's up here and how it mm -hmm. affects everything else. I want to mm -hmm. talk about mindset for a moment. And when you're working with people, when it comes to trauma, overcoming, getting through, what have you, um, what, how much are you pouring that mindset development, personal development in those uh, workshops and trainings and one-on-one? Gotcha. And, and so my mindset is really important. And, and the interesting thing, Kim, about the mindset, when um, when there's a workshop, um, I don't do any do um, I do individual coaching on like business and life coaching, but I don't do individual yeah. trauma coaching. I do more so mm -hmm. trauma training, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, okay. But, but the, uh, what I do with the mindset piece is before we can even get to the mindset, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, right? So like when I do workshops and um, and the workshops that I do on trauma, they're, they're not just, a, there is one a one and done called the one-on-one, which is a one and done. But if you want to continue the process of going through the rest of the trauma training, so it builds on each other. But that mindset is so important. And what I do when I do a trauma workshop, and, and I hope this answers the question, when I do a trauma workshop, I do something called leveling the playing field. And what happens is when you come into a workshop, let's think about this. When you come into a workshop and the facilitator's there and the facilitator gets up and say, let's introduce ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And you're in this workshop. And again, and you, somebody will say, well, my name is Dr. Such and Such. My name is, you know, Miss Such and Such or, or you know, Bishops. So we have all these titles, right? Mm -hmm. but, when I, and, but when I do a tra trauma workshop, I call it leveling the playing field. Everybody in this, in this training, your you you have a name. Your name is Kimberly. My name is Jason. Okay, and so what happens is um, we level the playing field. We come in at everybody's on the same level yeah. because we're here to talk about trauma and how it has impacted. And the reason I say leveling the playing field is because that lets everybody know that we, we all equal here. It's it's a safe place. We don't we don't do titles. At all, I remember I did one for a workshop for a church a while back, and so um, it was really interesting. Um, it was virtual, it was really interesting because we had like there were bishops. I mean, it was like all these great names. You know, we we got apostle, yeah. bishop. we got we got all that right. <laughs> yeah. So when I did the training, um, you know, people introduced themselves, and and you know they were saying their names and all that. I was like, great. I said, but here's what I need for you all to do. I, I said, I need for you all to take off your title, and I need you to reintroduce yourself and just tell me your name. Mm -hmm. Because all that other stuff is great, is important, and is gifting. But right now, we're in a place where everybody we're leveling the playing field. Because again, I can't get to your mindset, and I can't get to you receiving something because you have a lot of stuff that is, um, you you you. How can I describe it? Um, okay, a prime like example. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily blocking. It's um. And so let's say we have a, a person and they are a um. They uh. I'll just even use myself for example. So I'm a trauma coach, whatever, right? And mm -hmm. so if I introduce myself as that, right? Sometimes I can't receive what is being taught because my mindset is this is who I am. You know, mm -hmm. I, I have this title. I have this, and so when you erase the title, everybody's now on the same level. We're all there to learn and grow together. And I do right. put the handles. You know, if it's an older person, Mister, Miss, or what yeah. have you, that's out of respect. But when you come into a workshop and you have a title, we throw all that out because right now we're all we're leveling the playing field because yeah. we can't, we can't truly learn because and I use the word blocking because we're coming in there with this title. Versus mm -hmm. I'm coming in here as a student that may have experienced trauma 
to learn how to shift my mindset. So before I even get to mindset, we got a first level of playing field. Then we get to some different type of activities that we do to let us know that we all can learn something. And yeah. so level of playing field also makes other people feel comfortable because sometimes, and this is not about self-esteem because sometimes you have, if you have one person in the room and they're not a doctor or they're not, um, have these titles, that person may sometimes feel, um, less than, less than yeah. and they can't able to re they can't receive what's being taught because they feel that they don't amount to the other people in the room and that's not about self-esteem what have you but that's just about you know when you introduce yourselves and you have all these different titles but mm -hmm. let's level the playing field yeah and I, think, <laughs> I think what it is is the when you when you walk in a title sometimes you have an expectation of yourself mm -hmm that you lose the, the ability to be coachable or honable because it's almost like, well, because this is my title, I should mm -hmm. know. And so I can't right. let them know that I don't know this or what have you. So I think the word, I think the title, uh, and I, it's right. Oh, Carrie says it exactly how I want to say it. Mm -hmm. The titles can impede what we can receive. Um, tell Carrie, I'm gonna tell Carrie, I'm gonna steal that because that's the that's I'm gonna use that now when I'm leveling the playing field. So yeah. uh, th thanks, Carrie. Don't copyright that by by noon, okay? <laughs> I'm sure she's fine with it, but that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what I was saying. Like it could mm -hmm. it can hinder us from really truly receiving because, and I I think everybody in life has done this at one point or or another. Where it could mm -hmm. be with your kids, it could be with your students if you're a teacher, it could be, you know, with your uh, ministry at church, you teach uh, Sunday school or whatever mm -hmm. it is in life, right? Mm -hmm. It could be with a friend, a boyfriend, mm -hmm. girlfriend, husband, a wife, whatever, where you didn't really know, and it is a teachable moment, but because mm -hmm. of your title or position or where you feel like you should stand, you don't receive it and mm -hmm. it, it ends up hindering you. And then one day you're like, oh, wow. You know, they mm -hmm. did. I do get that now. I get that mm -hmm. now, but it's a process. It's back to process. Mm -hmm. You see her hearts and um, face. Right. Mm -hmm. Sounds like, looks like she's okay with you uh, <laughs> taking that. So, yeah, I, I, I love that. Like, it's such an opportunity to level the playing field when you, mm -hmm. when you just throw out the titles. Mm -hmm. It makes everybody comfortable. And I've been in the room where I've been like, okay, it's a bunch of doctors and lawyers mm -hmm. in here. You know, um, I had to do a lot of personal development in order to be a speaker and go out mm -hmm. and, you know, be an empowerment speaker mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. Because you're standing in front of a room and people are listening to you and you're who, you know, like it's almost like, well, I got to have all right. these titles behind me for this doctor or this lawyer or this engineer or whoever to listen to me. No, I have something to offer as me, Kimberly. Exactly. And Jason as exactly. well. So yeah, so that's such a powerful statement. And I want to talk about so this show it Friends Accountability Network, acronym FAN. FAN is an acronym mm -hmm. for that. And so I love okay. to talk about accountability a lot. Um in your mm -hmm. network, whenever you have people that can help you to be accountable to your goals. I think about your friend who was in the play, I mean, the movie, who called you, you guys were in Messenger, you mm -hmm. got basically built out this whole next elevation of your mm -hmm. life that you didn't plan because of a friend, because of your network, because of collaboration mm -hmm. and accountability. So how important is that to you and um, your business, especially mm -hmm. being a motivational speaker, author, trauma, all the, just everything in your life, how important is that to you? So, so accountability so, so is, is extremely important, but if I can go even back before accountability, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm going to call it your support network and your con concrete support in times of need and also your support network. It is so important that you have individuals in your circle and in, in, in your sphere of influence that you are accountable mm -hmm. to. Um, and that yes. will, you know, not yes. only not only praise you, but correct you and you're willing to receive that correction um, in my um, in my I call it my intimate circle. Um, I have those individuals that I know that I can go to and I can say, hey, what do you think about this? And they're going to give me their honest opinion. And, and mm -hmm. the thing is. It, it doesn't even hurt my feelings because I know it's coming from a good place. And so that's where that accountability piece comes in that you're not just accountable to yourself, but you're accountable to those people that believe in you. And so it's so important to have those connections 
that that um that gives you that that accountability and, and who who's in your circle that is holding you accountable for the greatness that is within you so yeah. everyone has something great within you but who are you accountable to to ensure that that greatness is coming out and it's coming out right you know it was so funny because I'm at my parents' house in South Carolina. I came to spend, you know, my birthday with them. And I was yeah. like, you know, in South Carolina, you know, the country, you know, uh, they want a picture on every single wall, right? So I was trying to find <laughs> a location yeah. to see where I can do my backdrop, right? And so, because um, I just jumped on the road and, you know, didn't take anything with me. But I already know that I have a really good friend that, you know, that gives me feedback anytime I do a live. I already know that they're going to say to Jason, Bruh, what was going on with your backdrop? <laughs> so I already know that I have to be accountable to that person. But guess what? I appreciate it because it's coming from a good place because they want to see me do well and I want to see them do well as well. So it's important to know who is in your accountability circle because yes. everybody does not belong in that circle. And you have to know who's supposed to be in that circle for you to be accountable to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you said that you have that person that is going to critique you in love. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, you know, you that makes you want to uh, help you walk mm -hmm. in excellence, you know, in a level mm -hmm. of excellence. It's that reminder, like sometimes when you're rushing or walking out the door, it's that reminder like, oh, I know Kimberly is going to be watching or whatever your mm -hmm. friend's name is. I know that they're going to be watching. They're going to say something. So that helps you triggers you to go back and grab whatever it is right. that you were supposed to grab, you know, mm -hmm. but then it also, I think one of the things moving, moving as, as we maneuver through life, it also helps us to realize our value to a certain degree. Like, because when you start to be around people that you're gleaning from through association and vice versa is reciprocal, then mm -hmm. you just naturally begin to kind of step your game up. And mm -hmm. um, so I, I love accountability. Um, I believe that accountability also is healing, you mm -hmm. know, um, just assuming accountability for a situation, even right or wrong is not the issue. It's just mm -hmm. saying, how could I could have been uh, better or responded better or just whatever in that situation. Mm -hmm. How could I have pushed myself better or what have you? So mm -hmm. um, accountability mm -hmm. is big for me, especially in collaboration. That's the last thing mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about with you and then get your uh, social media information, all that stuff to share. Mm -hmm. uh, accountability is big for me in collaboration because of the fact that you have to show up in order to fulfill the piece of the puzzle that you're supposed to play. And then ultimately, I believe that collaboration leads to us being able to exponentially grow in our mm -hmm. lives, our businesses, grow our finances. And no longer are we waiting 10, 15, 20 years to have our millions or I'm just going to put that in air quotes, you know, to have our successes, mm -hmm. I'm going to say. Right, and so right. because of collaboration, that mindset. Um, so let's speak to collaboration really quickly. As we wrap up, what is something that you can share from your experiences in your life uh, where collaboration really played a big role? Um, I'll just say, you know, um, I'll just say my whole life, um, everything mm -hmm. from, you know, um, from birth all the way to where I'm in now, collaboration is extremely important. Um, I, I liken the word collaboration to um, to a uh, uh, making a making a salad, making a, a regular tall salad is that um, if I'm a tomato, mm -hmm. I'm a tomato, I'm a tomato. If I'm mm -hmm. a tomato, I'm a tomato. And then if you're a cucumber, you're Kim, you're a cucumber and so and so forth and so on. So we all have our own expertise. And if we don't collaborate, you're just going to sit there and be that vegetable by itself. Right. Mm -hmm. But collaboration is so important because when you as a cucumber connects to that tomato and the tomato connects to the lettuce and, and all of that. And so now you put it all together and now you have this really good salad that, that mm -hmm. looks good. It tastes good and it's healthy. And now it's being fulfilling and healthy for other people because, you know, the tomato cannot do the work by itself. And so when everybody collaborates and work together, then we have something that looks good, tastes good, feel good, and it's good for the people. Right. Yes. And so collaboration to me is so important because I can only operate in my best if I'm connected to somebody else that's operating in their best as well. And so, yes. and sometimes you may not want the whole toss salad. Sometimes you may just want, you remember back in the day, we would do the cucumbers, the tomato and, and, and the red onions, but guess what? We're operating the vinegar, the vinegar absolute salt and pepper. So we're yes. operating 
in that so we're collaborating so that our best fourth can come because when now when you all together that person's gonna taste that cucumber but it's gonna even taste better because you know that what happens that vinegar is seeped into it and then the tomato. Yes. So this collaboration is so important because we cannot truly be our best if we're not connected to somebody else that is doing their best as well. But I want to say this mm-hmm. in collaboration, be careful that the tomato is a tomato. Be careful that the cucumber is a cucumber and not a sour pickle. Mm-hmm. You, you, you gotta be careful because what happens is here's what happened people will show up and collaborate and they will look just like that cucumber and then they will get into the salad with you and they don't mess up the whole salad because now they're bringing some vinegar mm-hmm. into the salad and, and, and the egg on the salad is good too but we got to make sure that it's not a pickled egg that's gonna mm-hmm. be in the salad it is an egg it is an egg right but it's not the right kind of egg so mm-hmm. and, and i can say i jason t mahoney in my life, I have unfortunately sometimes made some mistakes and connected with the wrong people that were not a true accountabilitors, were not true collaborators. And then what happens, it, it, sometimes I had to press restart. But I'll say in, in this season of Jason T. Mahoney's life, we're not doing that anymore. And again, that's what you call the tra- it was it, it was traumatic to connect with the wrong type of I- ingredients. But I learned and I'm able to move forward. That's where you got that's where resilience come in. In yeah. collaboration, but it's so important in collaboration because you can, we cannot live in this world and not collaborate with people. I believe yeah. in introverts and I believe in extroverts, but you still need people because you can't do this by yourself. You just can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. The ingredients each have essential nutrients that are needed and work in tandem with one another. And that's the thing. I love what you just said about the pickle Mm -hmm. versus the cucumber because they Mm -hmm. look the same. And when you begin to identify, and that's the thing, when you know yourself and then you have experiences, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that people have to understand. We do have to give ourselves grace because we will have experiences, but those experiences should equate to lessons. And so mm-hmm. now we can identify that there's mm-hmm. a difference in the look somewhat of the pickle and the cucumber. There's mm-hmm. a difference in the look of that seasoned marinated meat or what mm-hmm. have you, or let's stick with the salad, cucumber versus the um, one that's just, you know, straight cut. So we begin to Mm -hmm. identify, and that's significance in collaboration, identifying who we are, being okay with where we are and Mm -hmm. who we are, and authentic to ourselves so we can show up effectively. And then also finding people that we identify are the the people that we need. Um, They're Mm -hmm. walking in their their beauty, their grace, their Mm -hmm. cucumbership. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you for joining us. Um, Can you share with everyone your social media information and I'll put it up so that they can reach out to you? Absolutely. My Facebook page is Jason T. Mahoney. Mm -hmm. My Instagram page is JTM The Motivator. My LinkedIn is Jason T. Mahoney. And my Twitter is Jason T. Mahoney. And really, if you really just Google uh, Jason T. Mahoney, um, those platforms will pop up. At least one of them, and then you'll be able to connect to the other one. Love it. Just Google the man. <laughs> and you'll find him. So I want to share once again, he is an author of several books. He is a motivational speaker. He is an awesome new movie director, producer, all of that. And he, because he's a motivational speaker, I would love for him to close us out with something to take throughout the rest of our week and our day. Gotcha. So uh, I would encourage and tell you all is don't forget to love yourself because if you do not love you, you're not fulfilling your heart's desire. Love yourself. Love yourself. It's okay. It's not arrogant. It's not conceited. It is just loving who you are unapologetically. The things that you think are flaws are actually perfections because that's why you have them. 
but love yourself and do not allow what somebody else say to you, do to you to cause you to devalue yourself. You're valuable, you're lovable, you're important, you're good, and you are equal. Love you. Awesome. We love it. Carrie said, that's so good. And Andrea said, thank y'all. Great information while having my morning cup of coffee. Love it. So Jason's information is there. Go to Amazon and put Jason T. Honey in the search and go and get some of his books, especially Tried in the Fire. Just follow him so you can see when those other tour uh, dates will happen and all of the good stuff that's coming along. If you're interested in a training, um, trauma training or anything, also reach out to him. We're going to be doing one at some point with Beauty 180, which is the cup that I'm holding today. I'm shouting out my nonprofit, Beauty 180. As you all know, if you're an entrepreneur and you would like for me to shout out your business, for those who don't know, potentially, then just send me a mug. If you like that information, just send me a mug. Um, we have a campaign called the Mug Campaign, and I'll shout out your business as my uh, morning cup of joe, with my morning cup of joe. Uh, we believe that coffee is figurative. It, for building relationships, sitting across the table, having mm -hmm. a conversation, building relationships. Some people don't like coffee, so you don't have mm -hmm. to have the coffee, but it definitely signifies something significant. So coffee and collaborations media is all about the significance of building relationships and growing our networks, growing our awareness, growing our businesses and our lives to be uh, amazing in the community so that we in our own personal communities can begin to build them and grow them and leave a new face of legacy, especially for the African-American community, mm -hmm. but for so many communities that are lacking. Right. And so I want to thank you for joining us today on the Ultimate Fan Podcast under Coffee and Collaborations. If you guys want any information on anything we have coming up, just follow us at coffeeandcollaborations.com. Follow us on all social media at Coffee and Collaborations on YouTube at Coffee and Collaborations Media. If you'd like to be a sponsor of any of our shows, same thing. Just reach out. You all have an amazing day. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time, next Monday, 8 a.m., on Coffee and Collaborations. Uh, we'll see you on Friday for Thank God is Fashion Friday. And we have Love and Flow TV where you can go and talk to the ladies and chat and have some fun conversations. Stacey Haywood said, great job, Jason. Happy 40th. Jason, enjoy Thanks, the rest Grace. of your birthday. Happy birthday. We'll see you guys. Bye-bye. Cool deal. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Take care.